This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Horror. Scary movie fans, such as myself, will hear that a movie is based on a true story. A few of them we know, but most we never go on to find out just what that true story is. So in this series, we will explore and find out exactly what the true story is behind the movies we love. The 2007 movie Borderland starts off immediately with a detective that is hunting the leader of a cult and yet finds himself being forced to witness his partner being horrifically tortured and murdered by that cult. Then a year later, three college friends, Henry, Ed, and Phil, decide to take a road trip from Galveston, Texas down into Mexico. They're looking for a week of drinking and debauchery. Instead, what they do find is a group of satanic Mexican drug smugglers who were looking for a fresh crop of tourists to prepare for a human sacrifice. The sacrifice is to summon the power of Nganga so that they will become, quote, invisible while smuggling drugs across the border. And then one of those friends disappears. And as I always say, I'm going to stop there. For those of you that have seen the movie, you know what happens. And for those who haven't, you'll find out. So I have to go ahead and start with a disclaimer. This is going to be graphic it's satanic human sacrifice. So that goes without saying that's point one. Point two is that Spanish is not my first language, nor is it my second language. So I'm quite sure that I'm going to butcher some names and I want to apologize ahead of time for that. So back into it. This movie is very loosely based on Adolfo de Jesus Constanzo the, quote, El Padrino, or godfather of Matamoros. Adolfo was born on November 2nd, 1962, in Miami, Florida. His mother was Delia Aurora Gonzalez, who was a Cuban immigrant, who also gave birth to him when she was just 15 years old and already married. She did go on to have two more children, both of whom had different fathers. Now, Delia already had quite the reputation. Some people called her a witch. For example, if a neighbor or someone made her angry, they'd most likely find a goat or chicken's decapitated head on their porch. Now, Delia's first husband died, so she moved from Florida to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and got remarried. Adolfo was baptized as a Roman Catholic there and was even an altar boy. But at the same time, his mother also took him to Haiti, 
where he learned about Santeria and voodoo. Then he, his mother, and stepfather moved back to Miami, Florida in 1972 when Adolfo was 10 years old. Oddly enough, his stepfather also died, leaving Adolfo and his mother with a bit of money. When Adolfo was in his teens, he became an apprentice to a local sorcerer who taught him how to profit from evil, stating, quote, Let the non-believers kill themselves with drugs. We will profit from their foolishness, unquote. The occult godfather also began teaching him the practice of Palo Mayombe. So let's look at that. Palo Mayombe is an ancient African ceremony or religion stemming from the Congo area. Then, when the African people were captured and brought over to the Americas as slaves, they brought the religion with them. It's based on the experience of having direct communication with spirits, similar to, say, a shaman. The more important spirits are the spirits of the dead, of nature that inhabit trees, plants, rocks, animals, and so on, and the highest spirits or entities which show themselves in the forces of nature, such as the wind, the sea, lightning, and inside of humans. The center of this religion is very animalistic. The main worship is done with a consecrated cauldron, which is filled with sacred earth, sticks, and bones, and the contents are dedicated to a specific spiritual energy. The cauldron itself is inhabited by the spirit of the dead and is the link between all the magical or religious practices in the physical world. Now, with the African people practicing over in the Americas, other religious symbols sort of bled in, such as the Christian cross or the images of the Catholic saints, but this wasn't always the case. The Palero works with the spirits of light or darkness, called Indaki. Indaki is the denomination for the Paleros that do not use any symbolism from Christianity. Now, to be able to become a part of this religion or join it, you have to go through a ceremony called Reamiento, which means scratching, where special markings are traced on your skin and a pact is then made with the spirit who lives in the cauldron. After this, you are under the protection of the spirit who rules. The next step is to become a Tata or a Yaya, father or mother, and getting your own cauldron. Then, divination is used to figure out which, quote, path of the Palo entities is the most appropriate for the new recruit. Then a new ceremony is performed where you would swear to the spirit of the dead living within the cauldron so that it can then help you with your spiritual growth and development. That's a lot of information. So what role do animals play in this? This religion is often called Santeria's evil twin and it is considered black magic. A lot of pets, such as birds, cats, dogs, even horses, 
are taken from good homes and then sold to people of this religion and are then subjected to unimaginable brutal acts in the name of religious sacrifice. At first they're put into tiny cages depending on their size or just left out in the elements and the only thing they are offered as far as sustenance is the blood of other animals. You see, this act is to prepare the animal for the upcoming ceremony. The animal is usually then, once it's time, decapitated while still alive or some other torture for the sacrifice. And on occasion, it's not just animals that are sacrificed. It's humans. Human bones and skulls have been found at ritual sites and many times they come from grave robbers, but there have been a few groups that have had human remains inside of pots. So that is a super simplified overview of Adolfo's religion. And if you want to know more, then go ahead and research. It's pretty interesting. So his mother soon remarried again, and his stepfather was into the occult and was also a drug dealer. Adolfo and his mother were actually arrested a few times for shoplifting, theft, and vandalism, but Adolfo did manage to graduate high school. He did also start junior college, but he did quit. His mother believed wholeheartedly that her son was gifted with psychic abilities because he predicted the assassination attempt on U.S. President Ronald Reagan in 1981 when Adolfo was 19 years old. Not long after, the rather handsome young man landed a modeling gig and Adolfo moved to Mexico City in 1983. He also supplemented his income as a tarot card reader. He accepted that he was homosexual and he met some men who would soon be his lovers and disciples. Martin Quintana... George Montes and Omar Oria. All three were interested in the occult as well. They started off making a business out of casting spells for people to bring them good luck. Their method was to charge a rather surprising high amount of money, then ritualistically kill chickens, snakes, goats, and even lion cubs and zebras for a sacrificial offering. Adolfo was able to do this because his clients became more and more rich drug dealers and then hitmen who got off on the violent and bloody displays of Adolfo's, quote, magic. As people heard about him and his group, as well as his magic, he began to attract more and more followers. He offered not only readings of the future, but also ritual cleansings for those people that felt like they had had a curse put on them by an enemy. And he kept journals. A look at those journals later would show he charged as much as $4,500 for a single ceremony. He also offered up animals for sacrifices, so he would sell a rooster for, let's say, $6 each. Goats, he charged 30 A boa constrictor was $450. A 
a zebra was $1,100, and an African lion cub would cost $3,100 a piece. It took no time at all for his group to become a full-fledged cult. This cult consisted of drug dealers, musicians, doctors, fashion models, and even paid off Mexican police officers. Adolfo was able to get in close with the drug cartel because he would use his magic and have them schedule their dealings based on his predictions. He was once able to charge $40,000 for magic services over the course of three years. He would also cast spells to make the cartel smugglers, quote, invisible to police and bulletproof to their rivals. He and his cult decided to make their home on the U.S.-Mexico border on the very bottom tip of Texas in a town called Matamoros. Its U.S.-connected town is Brownsville. One of the more troubling aspects of this cult was that Adolfo had four members of the Federal Judicial Police as members. Salvador Garcia was one of them, and he was the commander in charge of the narcotics investigative team. Another was Florentino Ventura, who was a retired federale of the Mexican branch of Interpol. So you can imagine the corruption though I think most of us already knew about it. So by 1987, the cult members were worshipping Adolfo as nearly a god, a living conduit between the spirit world and the physical world. Members were murdering people during human sacrifices. Most of the victims were usually rival drug traffickers. Now, there is no official count on how many people were sacrificed, but it has been documented that there were, at minimum, 23 murders, and they were all very graphically described. And the authorities believe that that was just the tip of the iceberg for this group. Adolfo was not only able to kill complete strangers, but he had no issue with killing close associates either, much to the delight of the drug cartels. So he decided to ask the Calzada family if he could have a full partnership in their drug business, but he was denied. It was then that he began to plan his revenge. Three days after being rejected, seven members of the Calzada family went missing. The police noticed evidence of a religious ceremony at the family's office and six days after that, they found the family's remains in the river. They had been tortured. Fingers, toes, ears, all removed. External sex organs mutilated and hearts removed from their chest. Some were even missing their spines. Other, their brain. They found out later that the removed parts were used in Aldolfo's cauldron in an attempt to make his magic stronger. So then Adolfo met Sarah Aldetre, who was a Mexican national but had residential alien status so that she could attend college across the border in Brownsville, Texas. 
Although Adolfo liked men, he did seduce her, and she rose quickly through the ranks of his cult, ultimately becoming La Madrina, the godmother and head witch of the cult. And she was more than happy to add her own sadistic tortures to the human sacrifices. But in the spring of 1989, an American tourist on spring break, 21-year-old Mark Kilroy disappeared in Matamoros. He and his friends had crossed the border to go drinking, and they were walking across the bridge to go back to the U.S. when Mark simply vanished. So the Texas authorities put a great deal of pressure on the Mexican police to find the young man, so they began to search for him. Interestingly, Adolfo's right-hand woman, Sarah, actually helped in distributing photos on her college campus of Mark to help with the search, but she knew he was already dead. During that search, the authorities just happened to stumble upon some men who very openly stated Mark was buried on a ranch outside of town. A Texas detective went with the Mexican police official, one who was not, in fact, corrupt, to the ranch to interview the men. They soon found out that the cult was responsible for the murder and dismemberment of Mark's remains. The men then told them of El Padrino, the godfather and leader of their group that performed magic, and due to this, they had the ability to make themselves invisible to people as well as being completely bulletproof. Of course, the Texas cop had one of his officers shoot a gun into the air, which then he later stated made it seem like those men came out of a trance and realized that they were in fact not bulletproof. So, of course, the authorities were completely stunned, and sure enough, they found not only Mark's remains buried on the property, but several, several more. So, once they realized what they had actually found, they began arresting more and more of Adolfo's cult members and eventually were able to find Adolfo and a small handful of his remaining followers in a rundown apartment. But he, of course, refused to be taken and imprisoned, so he ordered one of his men to shoot him and another of his followers. Once the police were finally able to get in, both were already dead. Sarah Maria Aldrate was also in the apartment and she was promptly arrested. She was ultimately sentenced to 68 years in prison for murder and her involvement with the cult. So, Adolfo was able to climb to this level at just 26 years old. The media dubbed his cult the Narco-Satanists, and there is some evidence that this cult is still around today. We've all heard about the drug cartels killing families and hanging their bodies off of the side of bridges down in Mexico, so it leads me to believe that if his cult is not still practicing, then at the very least, his practices are still used. Thanks for listening. Music by Kevin MacLeod on Incompetech.com.